Welcome to episode 50 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. It is Saturday night, April 5th, and like Elton John says, Saturday night's alright for podcasting. He was a big podcast guy back in the day, so... My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Sharpley. Hello. Matt Cassell. Hello. And two special guests tonight, a very familiar voice, the young and talented Dominic Yossi. Hello. And a good friend of Ian's and mine from back in the old school days, all the way from Hubbard, Ohio, Justin Carr. Hello. A little louder? Hello. You may need to project. All of us may need to project a little bit tonight. Who is this person? Justin, why don't you tell us a little about yourself? Oh, Let the listeners geez. know who they're in store for Did you, did you like that, that groan? Like, <laughs> like, oh my god, I have to get into... I gotta talk I about myself. The life of Justin Carr. Past is so boring. Uh, I am a uh, fellow uh, graphic designer slash artist, although I have been out of my craft for quite a while now. As most of us are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why are we... Stop looking yeah. at me! <laughs> When was the last time you did a strip? Uh, it's been a month. Yes, you're very out of your craft. I, I, I'll get something to together. Paul is a strip machine, so I can't yeah. compete with that. But he we're talking about Justin ones. here. Yeah, Justin, how many yeah. strips have you done? Oh, uh, jeez. Uh, zero? Well, for counting the ones that I did when we were at PTI, we did a few, but other than that, as far as... Out of recreational, you know. No, Justin's a reader. Yeah. Last book you read? Last book was uh, Book of Fate by Brad Meltzer. Comic book writer, Brad Meltzer. I like how he went right to real book and didn't say, like, Silver Surfer or something that we would say. (laughs) We were talking earlier when he got here, and he was like, yeah, I read this and I read this. It's like, wow, those are all, like, real books. I read Lock and Key. Three lock and key trades. Ah, uh, so this is the McSauce Book Club. Yeah. <laughs> I listened to some books on tape. That counts. That, that does counts count. Yeah. So anyway, that, was, that was a hell of a biography, Justin. I know. Where do you stand? Are you a Marvel guy? Are you a DC guy? Because oh, that's very geez. important. We draw See, lines I, here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. I'm not a comic book enthusiast like you gentlemen. Um, so I, I've just been getting my feet wet in both areas. Just the uh, tip. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, testing the waters, so to speak. Uh, I actually started off with, with Marvel after the Avengers hit the theaters, and I decided, well, I could start with either Iron Man or Captain America or the Hulk. But actually, I made the mistake of jumping right into Civil War. And <laughs> How messy. I know. I know. <laughs> And it was the Avengers, you know, plotline. I know they they divided it up into, like, X-Men version of Civil War, Avengers, Spider-Man, and so on. And I picked the Avengers storyline, so I got the whole, you know, Captain versus Iron Man. By the end, it was just one sad mess of Iron Man admitting he was wrong. It was was a good read. It It was very emotional. But uh, I think I made the mistake of, you know, getting into something where I should have kind of singled out certain characters just to just, just to learn about them before I went to the whole ensemble. 
But I don't think there's a bad way to get into reading comic books. You just kind of got to jump in at some point. Because, you know, there's so much history. Even if you're relaunching something like the New 52, there's still a lot you're going to have to learn. So it's, I think it's best just to jump in anywhere, sink or swim, unless you give someone DC's Trinity right out of the <laughs> gate. And then they're like, ugh, comic books. Yeah, I'll then they'll be done. The movies. Then they'll be done forever. Well, you could start with Image Comics. And so I guess there's the a better place to stop. Yeah, Image doesn't have baggage, but you can't pick up in like the middle of a series. No. Walking Dead, I suppose you could pick up in the middle of that series. You think so? They don't really go back and reference anything that's happened in I, the past. As long as you know it's post-apocalyptic dystopian future with zombies. I feel like you got to go to the beginning of Walking Dead. To I really think it's most yeah. effective that way. And I don't think that anybody would pick up a single Walking Dead comic book. They're going to go straight to the trade. If they're new to comic books or new to the Walking Dead, they're going to go pick up a trade first, start at number one, and go from there. Is that what you did, Justin? Mm. Civil War trade? No, so, for Walking Dead. Oh, no, I haven't... I haven't had the pleasure of reading uh, a Walking Dead comic yet. Neither Just... has Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I've been, uh, I was reading it before you ever knew what it was. Before, before you, you were even, born, motherfucker! Before you even knew what a comic book was. That's probably... Uh, that's that's right. not true. 2002? That's not true slander. Uh, no, he was reading comic books right around there that time, like 2001, 2002. I was talking to his brother the other day about how I was disappointed in Paul and how he didn't... You know? I mean, yeah, well, this is one specific thing I was disappointed with him, that he didn't help guide his little brother along and show him the ways of comic books. And that's because he wasn't into comic books. He had to wait till another more enlightened and mature person came along in his life and took him down that path. That's when right. Did, when did Dominic come... Come into contact with Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long time after I showed him about comic books and, and schooled gotcha. him. So, tonight, the five of us all saw Captain America the Winter Soldier. Not necessarily together. Mm. We seem to be in pairs throughout a packed fucking theater, including two rows of reserved seats that weren't. Full. Yeah, we went to the showing that had a kid's birthday party. It was five o'clock in the after in the, in the kids. evening. Kids everywhere. This is not a kid. Mayhem. PG thirteen. Not one of those little bastards was thirteen or older. Some of us sat in a comfortable viewing range of the screen. Other of us sat right next, right against the screen with our faces pressed against it. I had to sit sideways or else my nose would press against the screen. <laughs> it was a self-imposed what, IMAX experience. What I liked was how flat the back of Ian's hair was <laughs> after the movie because he, clearly his head was pressed firmly up against the, the, the headrest of his seat for two and a half hours. That was kind of a long movie, was it not? It felt... Uh, pretty substantially longer it, than two hours. It felt long, but it wasn't it wasn't a chore to watch. I enjoyed the entire time that I was watching the film. I know you had a difference in opinion, though, Matt. I know I didn't feel like it was long. There wasn't a point where I was like, "Ooh, this is dragging." When we saw Divergent, 
we got to a point, and I was like, holy fuck, they're not even at the big fight scene at the end yet? But I didn't have that problem with Cap. We can get into that, though. But I feel that we should talk about housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Oh. What a lead-in. Thank you, Matt. Saturday night, you have a lot of options. You could go to the bar with your friends. You could go bowling. You could go to the movies. Why have we not gone bowling yet? Because we were in the theater. We could have went bowling tonight with uh, all of our friends. Some of our friends from other podcasts, like uh, Fireside Chat and More Than You Can Chew, I believe are going bowling tonight. You could do those things. But what I would recommend is for you to go to McSauce.com, take a look at some of the wonderful comic strips that we have up, the sparkling reviews in this podcast on Wednesday nights. You can go to our Facebook page and... Some people like to leave comments. It's said to me that the comments don't show up. I wouldn't know. None of you leave comments. So leave comments so I can test it out this week and see if we have any kind of uh, feedback. You can go to the iTunes store, download the podcast, subscribe. We learned tonight from the wonderful Matt Cassell that you can rate and review on your phone. So now you're out of excuses for not rating and reviewing. You can do it right from well, while you're sitting at a, a stoplight. How do you do that? You have to go to the store on your phone? Go to the store. Go to the McSauce comic book podcast on the iTunes store on your phone. Go to write a review. You just touch it with your with your finger. I don't care which one. Does it have to be your finger? No. Okay. Other body, other skin might work. <laughs> We currently have 11 reviews on the site. It is my personal goal that by the beginning of summer, we have at least 20. Can we do that, McSauce fans, please? Nine? That's, I don't know. I know, that's very... That's asking a lot. So, Nine in like a month and a half, are you crazy? That because is, we only have eight listeners. That is my... And they've already... And some stranger was like, oops, I made a mistake. <laughs> Five star. So that's my... <clears throat> That's, that's your homework, McSauce Nation. Please go on the iTunes store and rate and review. We like the feedback. It helps us to mold these shows in a way that you find entertaining and that we find fun to do. If you like this show about comic books, you will like another show that is sometimes about comic books, That Old Comic Smell, also found in the iTunes store, Podomatic, Stitcher Radio, I think Boo Radio or something like that, or Boo Boo Audio is a source that you can find. And you can leave a audi- audible review for them as well, huh. which I think I'm going to try uh, in the coming weeks. So that old comic smell, they usually do movie reviews right after they see the movie. Unfortunately, this week they can't do Captain America because there's dummies and they deleted <laughs> their files. So we'll pick up the slack and do our <laughs> spur of the moment Captain America review. Spur and of the moment that we've been planning for like at least a week. Exactly. <laughs> it was difficult to mobilize the troops and get them out to the movie theater. But we did. We saw the movie. And we're going to talk about it tonight. So who wants to start with their initial, their initial uh, views of Captain America: The Winter Soldier? I think the new guy should go. Justin, hit us. Um, 
I thought it was exactly what it needed to be. Um, and it wasn't trying to be something else. Uh, I think at this point, it's probably the best out of the second wave of. Do you realize? Do you realize what you've just said? I know. I know. I know. It's. I I mean. Are you familiar with a little indie project called (laughs) Thor: The Dark World? (laughs) A little indie comedy. So Justin, The Dark World has given this movie a (laughs) ten. You know, it's not now. You're putting words into my mouth, but uh, I'll. That's not all we're going to put into your mouth. Oh, it's just what we do for the new guys. Nice. My rite of passage. Yes. (laughs) Blowjobs. In case that was mysterious to anyone at home. That wasn't on the contract I signed. It wasn't vague enough. Ian's like, you know he means blowjobs, right? (laughs) Dicks in the mouth. Right on the tongue and teeth. No, it it had the right amount of seriousness and and comedy. The comedy didn't feel forced at all. They weren't just so, writing no banana peels, right? No cream as, pies. as Paul would classify banana peels and cream pies. No yeah. banana peels and cream pies. Paul, would you like to build on that a little bit? Do you would you agree that there was a a pleasant lacking of banana peels and cream pies? Yeah, none of the none of the comedy tonight seemed forced in there just because someone said, I think we need a joke here. Um, there was four is stellar film as Thor the Dark World was. Don't look at me. <clears throat> that's what that's what brings it in a rung below the Winter Soldier for me. Because although there were you got some some zingers in uh, the Winter Soldier, a couple zinger slingers in the movie. Really? Yeah, but it, it was it, it was folded into the rest of the movie so well that it wasn't it wasn't over the top silliness like oh I fucking threw my keys into the alternate dimension why the fuck would I do that well, oh because it's funny so coming from the guys that make Community you would have expected even more comedy right but it was handled mm-hmm. with panache mm-hmm. so what were some of the zingers in particular yeah we're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie tonight. we're not gonna spoil the shit out of it though should we not touch on parts of the plot oh yeah we're like spoiling that. the shit out of it are we spoiling the shit out of if they don't want to listen to it and not get spoiled, then they don't. But they still should read it. Okay, all eight of you, prepare. You know, <laughs> just earmuffs. Most most earmuffs. Of, most of the podcast. I, I yeah, I should have said earmuffs instead of just motioned earmuffs. So anyway, give, give us some of those zingers because honestly, I don't remember too many parts that really cracked me up. Well, that's not that's the thing. It, they they weren't blatant. They were all folded into the story. But stuff like when when they catch. Sam Wilson c- c- coming coming out of the building, and he's like, "I said I was on floor forty-one." Sam Jackson goes, "Well, they don't have floor numbers on the outside of the building." There is a part where Black Widow is uh, booting up an old, looks like nineteen eighties computer, and says, "Would you like to play a game?" And then looks back at Cap and is like, "It's a, it's an old movie." He's like, "I know, I know, I know." Or when. Caps running laps with Sam at the beginning of the movie, and he keeps lapping on him. He keeps saying, on your left, on your left, and the third time, Falcon says, don't say it, don't say it. He said it. He said it, though. Yeah, on your left. Yeah, they were all pretty 
subtle jokes, although Robert Redford got a little loose towards the end. He was, <laughs> he he was trying to ham it up as... I uh, wish I could remember what that line was, because that's the only one that stood out to me. Like, alright. Because there was... We oh, didn't need that one. There was peril going on, and he was looked like backed into a corner, and he was throwing some waka waka <laughs> <laughs> Black Widow, and it seemed out of place. Was it, was it the comment that what did he say? Did you get my flowers or something like that? Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, I was like, what that's the what it was. Fuck? Get out of here. What about when he asked Winter Soldier if he wanted some milk? Uh, I, th- I thought that was okay. That was okay. Because that didn't feel like comedy to me. Because at the time that he says that, you're still kind of thinking that Winter Soldier's there to kill him. Kill him, yeah. And it's, that, it felt like false bravado on the part of... Alexander Pierce. I also liked whenever the maid comes back in and he's like, ah, you know. I didn't want to. I wish you would have knocked. You know, Juanita, he should have knocked. Blows her away. I don't think her name was Juanita. I don't know. I was just being. But you just, you know, any Latino maid is. Yeah, I was was being being racist. (laughs) To the racist being sharply. Yes, as you all know. Don, were you happy with the comedy content of Captain America? Yeah, I really was. Not over the top. I'm going to agree with Justin, and it's probably my, my the best movie of the second wave of wow. Marvel movies. <laughs> it, it was a long movie, but you didn't feel it being long. Yeah, I wasn't tired at all. No, there was no point where you're like, well, you know, the movie should have been over by now. And even still, like there was the end of the movie, and then probably another five minutes after that, Small little couple tie-ins right that It's not like anything where, well, okay, you defeated the bad guy and there's still a half hour of movie left. It was, everything flowed very nicely. And to factor in the way that we watched this movie, a bu- there was a kid's birthday party going on. Mm-hmm. It seemed like everybody behind me had bronchitis and they were all coughing in my ear. There was, you know, during the slower moments, if Captain America wasn't kicking somebody's ass, yeah. then kids were just, like, talking about you the and, plot and who is this and blah, blah, blah. You and Matt are going home with Captain Trips tonight. True. Yeah, yeah we, seriously. We likely will be too ill to do episode 51. Dom was the in show. the luxury box. Yes. Where so, were you, Dom? So with all that happening, uh, it two, ro- two rows from the top, mm-hmm. Dead center of the screen. Dawn was in the only good seat. I was, yeah, I was in the only good seat. Yeah. Matt and myself sat second in the row. second row on the left-hand side of the screen. Yeah. So there was a lot of, all right, Black Widow is over here, <laughs> and now Captain America is over here. <laughs> See, Justin and I were in the third row back in the center. So I feel like we had a lot more of that. Like, if I have to turn my head to read subtitles, I'm too fucking close. Because I'm looking, I, I'm looking all the way over to the left, and then I gotta go all the way to the right. And there was a, the, afterwards, whenever we were just sitting there, the, the credits were rolling. We were so close that as the credits are scrolling up, I was sitting to my right talking to Justin, and it felt like. The entire theater and all of the seats were tilting upwards because the credits coming down were giving me this optical illusion. Way too close. Last time I get to a movie, I don't even think it was ten minutes before, and I think we walked in like. No, we got to our. Yeah, we got. I I don't think that it was even a function of how close to the start time it was. It was the fact that it was 
this movie that you know there was not a lot of things that were competing with the it. Birthday and party it's at fucking killed it. A birthday party that took up primetime seating areas. The two best rows in the theater were taken up by seven year olds. And it was and it was five o'clock in the evening. That's yeah. that's just the sweet were the spot. Best rows. They were, they, were, they were prime rows. They were the I first two to, rows of the stadium seat. Yeah, when so I you go weren't on the floor having to get a neck crack. This is the first time that I've been on the floor at a movie in probably five, six, seven years. Maybe even... Maybe eight, eight. nine. <laughs> Shit, you never know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you never know with Sharply. It's been been he likes to throw those time. numbers around. <clears throat> you know what I mean? It's just very arbitrary. You know? I, didn't, I didn't hear the kids too much. Eights. No, I didn't either. Well, it was hard to over the coughing on the back of my head the entire show. There was a lot of kids, like, when, when there were just dialogue-heavy scenes... Just a constant murmuring going on in the audience, and just kids like, "Who is that? Is that his friend? I don't know who that is." There Captain America's awesome. They're just like, "What the fuck?" There were kids to our right, and it, when the movie started, it was it was kind of endearing, and I was like, "Yeah, you go, kids," because when the movie starts out, the first big action set pieces is Cap running through this um, the. Some ship on the ocean. Yeah, yeah. And he's running. He, you know, he dives in the water. Then he climbs up on the deck, and then he's just running back and forth on the ship, taking out everyone on like the on the main deck. And he's fucking these dudes up. And these kids that are right are like, oh, oh, yeah, oh, did you see that? Oh, oh, oh he stabbed in the head. Oh, this is uh, oh, that's uh. And I was like, these kids are great. They're really enjoying this movie. They're into some into some comic book shit, but. Then later on, when you get some heavier moments, some quiet, no dialogue, no score moments in the movie, it's, oh, is this overhead? Who's that guy? What's going on? What's he doing? Is he pulling him out of the water? What's happening? Mommy, I have to poop. I'm like, shut the fuck <laughs> up. Yeah. Um, all this week, I've been noticing kids running around with Captain America shields and frisbees and masks. And t-shirts, and I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, that's awesome. That a comic book character that it's not Spider-Man, it's not Superman, it's not Batman. It's Captain America. And to get so much play by little kids and, and just, uh, you know, in the media is, is really satisfying for me. They made, they made Captain America badass in this movie. He was pretty badass yeah. in the first one. But he, was, he was really badass in this one. What I really liked is he does wacky physics defying shit with that shield. Yeah. And that's and that's the line that I want drawn with a character like Captain America. And I'll compare it to how they treat Ollie on Arrow. Like when I see Green Arrow live action, I want to see him doing some insane shit with those arrows. I want to see him hitting just absolutely impossible like shots. Like an apple off somebody's head. <clears throat> Like a fucking bank shot off of three things, and then he hits dead center of the mark he's looking for. I want to see him doing crazy shit, because that's how good that guy is. And that's the kind of stuff that Cap was doing in in Captain America. Cap took out that... He was driving away from S.H.I.E.L.D. He was on a bridge. Assault plane comes around and is like, see Roger stand down. Motorcycle. And which... he beats a fucking plane with his shield. Right. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. And it was diesel. It was yeah. badass. Yeah, he like 
they hit the fucking the fan on the side, jumped on top of it, and like it was pretty crazy. Part of me believed it. I like the cap was he was pretty much all shield all the time, and there was a point to, later towards the end where you know he he takes out a bad guy, and I think he's gonna grab his gun, and he does it. And I'm like, oh, Cap's doing this Batman style, no guns, but. As soon as he, as soon as I think that, he grabs a grenade and rolls it, <laughs> rolls it to a bunch of guys and they blow up. No, I was like, yeah, all right. Well, that's the soldier in him, which yeah. is acceptable. Right. right. And I will never begrudge Cap of using guns because he is a shoulder. He is a soldier, not he's a, a soldier. Shoulder. Shoulder. Yeah. He's a shoulder, and, and he he should kill people. Maybe not in front of all those kids in the theater. Well, it is PG thirteen movie, so. Which actually, for PG thirteen, there was I didn't catch any vulgarity in the movie whatsoever. Oh no, they're allowed at least one. Yeah, you're F-bomb, allowed at least right? one f bomb, and they didn't even drop anything. I think all the vi- like all the PG thirteen was just the animated. I don't want to say animated, but the the cartoon violence because you didn't like mm-hmm. you didn't see you didn't see like whenever Cap got shot, whenever uh, Fury got shot, you saw the little blood wound. But you didn't see like any blood splattering on a glass. There was nothing over the top in the way of blood violence or gore or anything like that. There were no guts. No, no guts. Mm-hmm. There really aren't. I thought that there might be some overly sexualized stuff in this one to give it that PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Wasn't any of that either. So. Well, there was the yeah. This was there was a lot of PDA apparently yeah. in the mall scene. Which was funny. Yeah, it was. That it was, was another another part where it was well placed comedy. It was odd. He, uh, Captain America had more chemistry and more interaction with Black Widow in this movie than Agent Carter, which was they they kind of were leading you to believe that that was going to happen in this movie, like they were going to establish a relationship. I was kind of let down at the end when it was like, oh, well, you know, we fought, you know, life and death situations. We're just buddies, right? Like, you're not. Kiss that girl, you fucking idiot. Like, that would have made wanted, sense. You wanted them to connect at the end? Yeah, I did. Uh, that would have made sense because the entire movie, Black Widow's kind of trying to push ideas of all these other girl, all the other girls. You know, how about this chick or that chick or this girl? How about the one that you fucking just went to war with? How about that one? See, like, I, I get that. But I feel like, and I, I may be reading too much into it, but at the end, before they split up, um, she goes to kiss him, and it looks like she may kiss him on the lips, but then she kisses him on the cheek. Yeah. And even, even Cap is, looks like he's like, oh, all right, on the cheek. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think there's, I think at that point, he understands that, yeah, like, we're, we do this well. We do this, you know, fighting wars together well, but we're two different people. And she's not for me. What man on the face of the planet would let that stand in his way if Scarlett Johansson... But Cap is not a moral deviant like you or I. <laughs> I'm not saying that he has to be a moral deviant. He just has to be a warm-blooded American man. I didn't say it didn't I, give him a boner. I figured that she would have gone in for the mouth kiss. At there the was end. a slight boner reference in there this w- movie. There was too. a boner reference. Yeah, cap boners after after the kiss. <laughs> yeah, but I, I figured she would go in for the lips kiss at the end because they made the the kiss earlier in the mall, 
and she made a big deal. Is that your first kiss since 1944? I figured she would have tried to kiss him again, and then maybe throw that banana peel of oh, you're, you got better this time. Uh, like I, I figured she were going to do something like that. It just from a like writing standpoint, I think that that would all make sense for that arc to tie up with them maybe having some romance at the end of the film. Matt? Awful quiet. (laughs) (laughs) I think that that was actually the way... I forget who here just referenced how Black Widow, throughout the entire movie, the running gag was she's trying to get Captain America interested in... It was me. I referenced. That was you. (laughs) Trying to get him interested in different uh, girls that maybe he knows to date. And uh, the that was probably the funniest part, actually, whenever they kicked that dude off of the, the building. And at, right afterwards, Black Widow turns to Steve Rogers and is like, so what about that girl in accounting or whatever? Like, so casually, it was really well played. Justin? Uh, we'll come back to you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm still processing the whole movie. I mean, because it, it was very mind-blowing in comparison to all the other Marvel movies. Thought slam on the dark world. Uh, <laughs> they are separate but equally good movies, I'd say. Equally? Let's save ratings till the end of the podcast, <laughs> sir. Thoughts on Falcon? What do you guys think of him? Character and within the wings. I don't know why they didn't make him white. How dare Diversity, you. sir. I was waiting for that. <laughs> now, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, was a perfect example. It wasn't really a movie focused on one character. It was kind of a team piece with Nick Fury, Falcon, Black Widow, Captain America. It was kind of that Secret Avengers-style team. <clears throat> and I thought that it was a real good example, taking the reimagining of Nick Fury out of this, just deal with Black Widow, Falcon, Captain America... It was a good example of using characters that are already diverse. You got a a lady, black dude, blonde-haired, white guy. Put them all together. It's like like the mod squad, kind of. And you can use those characters that already exist in the Marvel Universe. Um, You don't have to change anybody around. Just use the people that you've already created. They did it well here and there. Does that mean you do or don't like Falcon? I did like Falcon. He was good. Yeah, that was kind of a weird answer to a, do you like Falcon? <laughs> it was good. I thought that they did a good job of using diversity. Falcon is a big part of that, so mm-hmm. I liked him. I could have said that. I thought his wings were fantastic. There were so many times during the movie, I'm like, I want a pair. But I agree. Like, to accelerate, he just like put his arms out, and he still had the freedom to uh, use the guns when he needed them. You guys are all big flying guys, huh? How would you not want to fly? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like flying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it that much. But I, I feel like he... It looked like Sam Wilson had to go through years of training to get that good at, at using those things. They didn't look mm-hmm. very user-friendly. Like, you could just throw that backpack on mm-hmm. and just jump off a building. No. Yeah, you definitely needed to train on that one. There was a sequence in the trailer where... 
he was flying, and I think the Winter Soldier knocked him out of the air or something, and he did this really cool, like, barrel roll thing, and, and like, all in one motion, got his guns out and started firing. I don't think that was exactly in the movie. Did anybody else catch that? Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, there. I don't think I know the tumble that you're talking about, but there were a couple, there was the... The one-on-one scene with him and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. where he did grab him and throw him. But that's when he but ripped his but, wing off. But he threw him. He, he threw, threw him one right, time. He threw him and one he, time. Like, rolled out of it, and then he grabbed him the second time and threw him right. the fuck they, off there. I think they. I think they may have cut two different pieces because there was a different time. Mm-hmm. He comes down okay. and then he comes back up and turns as he's coming up and pulls the guns out. Okay, but that's before Winter Soldier pulls. Yeah, him yeah, out. yeah. Okay, they might have put mm-hmm. them together, and make it look like one. Okay. Do we like how Falcons? Uniform was handled. It wasn't traditional comic book red and, red and white. It was mm-hmm. military style, it, real functional exoskeleton. It could be updated to be red and white for the sequel. Spoilers: He doesn't die. So, I mean, his his wings got destroyed in this one, so he probably is going to tell somebody. Who do they even talk to for new equipment now that Shield is defunct? I read something that I didn't see it, but I just read it on online that it if you look close it says star it has a Stark logo on the uh, wing somewhere. So I mean that's an easy so tie. So he'll talk to Tony Stark and say, Hey, give me some new wings and Tony Stark will think, Well, we gotta make him look cool, just like my cool Iron Man outfit here. Except for the Iron one. Man three one that's mm-hmm. beige and Yeah, red. wow, he really lost his touch, didn't he? Yeah, so much for, you know, like, race car red. Now, I don't know enough about Falcon in the comic books, but what is his origin in the book? Ian. Ian. Fuck. <laughs> All of you. I knew it was coming. That's why I raced to the iPad, because I really don't know. What's... Okay, then, then I'm okay with his wings being almost military issue and just being... Essential without having any flair to it. Yeah, I, I With wanted the to, second, then they can update his outfit and costume. I don't think they needed to go straight up comic book and give him, you know, the bright white and red outfit. They could have given him a, a red T-shirt, but even that might have felt like out of place. Yeah. I like the real hardcore military angle because that's what this movie was. It was. I a wanted. Thriller. I wanted some some color. I wanted something referencing back to that original Falcon uniform. I mean, even make. The kind of thinner part on the wings, make them red, make them burgundy. Give me some hint that that's the character from the comic books. But then it's a that's a very nitpicking thing. But if we're talking about if we want to get into things we didn't like, I'll put that on the list. I want a little little splash of color on the Falcon. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Falcon. Uh, I think he was written very well. Uh, going into the movie, I thought he was going to be a lot of the, the comedy relief, um, at, le- at least for the most part of the movie, uh, in comparison to, to Cap. Um, but I was I was pleasantly surprised. Um, he had his serious moments, and when those serious moments were, I mean, when they were on screen, I mean, it was. He he took him very professionally. He, he took care of business, and then they also gave him some levity with with you know the the well placed comedy. I liked his line toward the end when he was in the fight of his life against what was that dude's name again? Crossbones. Uh, crossbones. Brock yeah. Rumlow. 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 
and he was basically telling him, you're out of your league, buddy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill you now. Whatever. I'm paraphrasing. What did, what did uh, Falcon say to him? Didn't he just, like, say, shut up? Yeah, or please stop talking. Like, yeah, like, shut your mouth. And it was just such, like, a... It was delivered so well, yeah. I thought. I think the rest of the theater kind of enjoyed that line, too. Yeah, through all the all the press and everything for, for le- leading up to this movie, Anthony Mackie has been real, real outspoken and just real entertaining and jokey. And, like, he's been a real entertaining interview for this. And I expected him to be a lot of the comedy relief, too, based on what the guys really like. Mm-hmm. But I thought he played a really fine line where he played a character that was absolutely believable delivering some zingers. But when it was time to get down to business and play play the serious roles, like there's a part where him and Cap, before the big battle, him and Cap are talking and he says, I know this is your buddy, but you may have to take him out or, or you prepare for that. And the scene's real heavy. And he can play the real heavy stuff and do some of the some of the comedy too. He was he was one of my favorite parts of the movie. They balanced everything out in the movie by, you know, they didn't overpack it with a bunch of characters. You were able to go and see him do some work with uh, traumatized veterans and all that to really flesh out exactly who he was and and give that weight to the things that he would do later on in the movie. I thought it was handled really well. We saw a lot of inner workings on S.H.I.E.L.D. in this one. Like, on this one, like, it's for, like, you, at the end of all the Marvel movies, it was just, okay, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s doing the Avengers initiative, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s behind this, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s behind that. And then even in the Avengers movie, it was just, okay, this is an operative by S.H.I.E.L.D. of creating the world's best heroes. But with Cap on this one, you saw a lot of the inner workings of the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters in D.C., and then you saw the S.H.I.E.L.D., like, the beginnings when they went to the old fort, the old base, yeah. and there was the weapons cache, and you saw the shield beginning back in 44 when you had uh, Tommy Lee Jones' character, uh, there was Howard Stark on the wall, they had those pictures, and you just saw almost shield from grassroots campaign from the ground floor to see that in 50 years how big shield really has gotten and how much influence they have talking they have talking to the, the World Peace Organization after the events of New York last time. So I really enjoyed seeing, even though that wasn't the main focus of the movie, it actually was the main focus of the movie to see, but it was good seeing that kind of aspect of it, that they realized that, okay, seeing that from the beginning, from Cap's era, because you really didn't see a whole lot of, they didn't reference a lot of Cap being frozen and him being out of his age. There was a couple remarks early in, but other than that, you saw a lot of S.H.I.E.L.D. from 45 on. For example, he had that little notebook that he was writing and shit that he had to, like, get caught up on. And you guys mm-hmm. noticed Star Wars is on the list? Yeah, yeah. Star Wars, Star Trek. Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, Berlin Wall up slash ah, down. That's right, yeah. <clears throat> Moon Landing, Steve Jobs, Disco, Thai Food, Nirvana, Rocky, and then Rocky 2, question mark. <laughs> Sharply has a photographic memory, apparently. Or I'm reading it right off the old internet. Ah. What's inter- interesting about that, and we talked about it before, is that uh, the UK audience had the Beatles, World Cup final, Sean Connery, so a little tailoring to each market. 
No, because no, Captain America needs to get caught up on all the going British on in bullshit. British bullshit. The Chinese version of the movie will have "I Hate America." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there? Did they? Are they releasing something else for the rest of the world market? Like, I don't know why the UK had their own separate, or is the UK's one considered the worldwide release? Because the Maybe. world obviously cares about the 1966 World Cup, but I don't know. Like, seriously, why would Captain America give a fuck about that? Do you take a little swig of my uh, beer there, Matt? I was just smelling it. Yeah. (laughs) Smells like beer, I bet. It's it's probably beery. Well, it says it's the most refreshing can right on the can. I was like, ooh, I wonder what's so great about it and smell like fucking beer. Yeah. Did it smell refreshing? No. It smelled like Sharpley's breath. That's exactly (laughs) how they market it. Refreshing. Beer breath. Justin, did you have a favorite part of the Winter Soldier? Uh, I really love the interaction between the Winter Soldier uh, and Captain America. You mean and like it, the fight scenes? Uh, I mean those were, I mean those were pretty intense at, compared to any of the other fight scenes in the previous Marvel movies. I feel like would have appreciated those more if we weren't so fucking close. Yeah, I mean, it's. And if we saw the 3D version, we would have just vomited. Oh, oh, with, oh that would have been horrible if everywhere. you guys saw that in three days. Or I would have had a seizure. I think that it was, I think it was purposefully cut quickly, sort of in the vein of Batman Begins, where it was hard to tell where the action was going. That's what it felt like to me. I'm not traditionally this. a fan of that style to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I mean, I it's, it's, it feels like you're moves. hiding something. I mm. want to see the moves, and not only that, but like, I want to see shit not cut so much. I hate when they cut these action sequences, I want to see it play out. I want to see them really having the fight. You, you know gotta figure, I mean? a lot like of the, a martial a lot of the arts fights, movie. the fight scenes was Bucky, who has been augmented and brainwashed, and you got Cap, who is a super soldier. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the two, those two guys going head to head, there's going to be, like, those fight scenes are going to be amplified. Yeah, which is fine. I there was a, there like was a the lot of tumbling. Shot. There was a lot of tumbling and rolling around yeah. for for but, fight. But sense. if you watch it, there's not one steady shot for more than like two seconds. It's it's cut so quickly yeah. that it's hard to digest. It's like you guys ever watch like live concerts or something like on TV, and sometimes they have so many cameras and they cut to different band members. You can't even focus on one thing for more than two seconds and it's almost unwatchable. I feel like that's just the way fights are done these days and that kind of sucks. All the all the fight scenes between them look brutal though. They like, did. Yeah, like all the punches mm-hmm. looked like heavy. Yeah. Like everything looked like it hurt. When they ambushed uh, uh, Fury at the beginning when the cops pulled up next to him and he says, do you want to see my lease? And then from like they fired on the lights and then just they just cornered him. His his attack scene, like his fight scene, or you know, his fights, his uh, when he got jumped by just shooting his like uh, window integrity. Oh, there's the uh, another what on my vehicle does work, and they said air conditioners work. So, that but was, still, that was a you know a joke that was woven in. Like it didn't feel like over the top. No, it wasn't because he asked a question: What is working? Air conditioning. It was walking a fine line. It was funny. Did you laugh? Did you laugh? Yeah, but like you, uh, you saw it coming. Like that, that fucking joke was telegraphed. 
that's how Marvel does their movies. Him, they, Nick they do action, scene. they do the humor. It's a formula, but and they stick that with scene, that formula. Nick people, Fury was Abbott, and the car was Costello. He was setting them up, and the car was knocking but them right down. At, that is gotta, just how the fucking Marvel movies... Right go, after, man. you got to figure that's right after at least a four-minute scene where everyone with automatic weapons and then that giant battery yeah, ring. and it was like it, that, you after seeing that you're like, how is he getting out of this? How is he getting this? How is this going to happen? He doesn't have propulsion on his vehicle. His window integrity is down to one percent, and then finally, there we'll, we'll break the ice with a little joke to let you know. It that wasn't as offensive okay. as some of the stuff in the Dark World, but. When it happened, I was yeah, it was just funny. Like what you you know like you don't like him hanging up his his hammer on the wall. You just don't like funny. It wasn't the the Chris Hemsworth Thor stuff. It was it was all the Cat Dennings and the intern stuff. Yeah, there there wasn't any character like that in this movie. And I don't think there should have been. Like Falcon could have been that character easily, but they didn't do that. Everyone, that was was everything that came out of Cat Denning's mouth in the Dark World was a zinger. But through in Cap, everybody had some funny lines. Like the comedy was, you know, dispersed throughout all the cast members. Equal. Everyone had like two jokes, and but overall the theme joke minimum tonight, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) But between Thor and Cap. Cap is... This was a lot more of a serious movie. Yeah. I don't think pulling banana peels and cream pies in this movie would have been acceptable at all. And I don't still think try it was to maintain, acceptable in the Dark World, but they did. I don't think that the Dark World did that. I think that <laughs> Iron Man is more... We know how you feel uh, about the Dark no, World. No, I'm, I'm saying that. It's I think legendary that how you feel about Iron the Dark Iron Man world. 3 is way more... In violation of the cream pies and banana peel Jesus. Uh, ordinance of two thousand and thirteen. I feel like it was it was different a different kind of comedy for for each one. I agree because like in Iron Man three, they were clearly like Robert Downey, do whatever you want, just just go nuts, just be funny. You you mm-hmm. got the floor, go mm-hmm. do it. But in 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 Thor, it felt like. Like, Kat Dennings wasn't in control of that. I feel like the creators were, and the writers were like, all right, we need to put this in here. We need to put this in here. And they, they forcefully put all that shit in. So, okay. Justin, you liked all the interaction between Cap and Winter Soldier? <laughs> Especially at the end, when he when they're trying to, you know, jog his memory. and he, Yes. You know, it's, it's that nostalgia part where, you know, they're trying to link the two movies together. Uh... Yeah, it was it was it was, it was touching. It was yeah. a touching moment. I thought Sebastian Stan did a great job. Like he didn't have a lot of lines, didn't have a lot mm-hmm. of dialogue, but he emoted a lot with his face, especially when he lost the mask and didn't need to put it back on. And his glasses. He was wearing the, the mask the whole time, but then like once the audience found out who he was, no need for that silly mask. See, I, I, I rationalized that, not like. Well, the audience knows, and we need to show the actor's face. Right. I That's exactly that. what it is, well, though. You we're, know. we're hiding him from from you know the U.S. government because they know who he is. But oh, now Cap's already seen him. Everybody knows he doesn't need to wear a mask. That is a great rationalization of 
had lots of practice. Three prequels, rationalizing stuff. Mm. I got this. Because <laughs> we never do that for the OT. We're not talking Star Wars tonight. We're just not going. We're not going to do there, it. There it was. Although we have a he great, said it earlier. We have a great dig in. You're a good Star Wars person, yeah. uh, Justin. You yeah. have a lot of uh, Star Wars knowledge. When we went to see Revenge of the Sith, yeah. our own Paul McGinty went as Luke Skywalker, Empire Strikes Edition, and right. Empire Strikes Back Edition, and you went as Darth Vader. I fully did. formed uniform, right? I, I did. How yes. long did it take you to build that Darth Vader Jesus. outfit? That was quite a few years. That was before they actually licensed an actual like Master Replicas costume that you can buy. And... You can buy it now for what, like five, six hundred bucks, and it looks just like the movie version. Wow! Did you get it? No, no. He made his own. You know, episode seven is coming out in about a year and a half. I know, I know, I know. I, I am, I am excited. I, I I'm, I'm very excited. Oh. Are you excited? Are you like I'm, what camp do you fall? You fall into like completely delusional, or uh, I'm. I'm, I'm cautiously only, optimistic. I'm, Where do you? Fall? Oh, I'm, I'm very cautiously optimistic, only because of the, the the 30 year span, and I'm curious on where or if they're going to use any of the expanded material, any of the novels, you know, post Jedi. Because um, a lot of shit goes down within those 30 years, so uh, I'm curious if they're going to use that verbatim, or if they're going to, you know. Change little things here and there. Would you be a fan of them sticking to the source material? 100% uh, slavishly reproducing it? Since I haven't read it, I, I wouldn't be bothered. But I, I know of the children that Han and Leia have, and I know, you know Luke eventually has a child with Mara Jade. And as long as they use most, most of that as a guideline, whatever happens to the kids, you know... It could go either way. Like I said, I haven't read anything. And I think I prefer it that way. Otherwise, I'm going to be headed for disappointment because no one ever follows, you know, the book, you know, verbatim as far as interpreting. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to leave it that way. Same thing with Game of Thrones. You know, I'm not touching any of the books. It's not going to happen. I like it. I also like it. What I didn't like was the severe lack of Emily Van Camp as Sharon Carter tonight. Yeah, they really graced over that. They didn't even really, I don't think, tell the audience or Steve Rogers that that was the granddaughter. Is that right? It's granddaughter? Is that right? Yeah, they call her Agent 13 the entire time, and once Black Widow calls her Sharon. But they don't ever call her Sharon Carter. We all know that that's who she is. Right. But the audience and Steve Rogers doesn't know that. I thought when I saw her cast as Agent 13 that they were going to go full bore ahead with the romance angle with with those two. But the more the movie went on, I was like, ah, this seems like the Black Widow, Steve mm-hmm. Rogers, you know, romance that they're, that they're going to set in motion for the upcoming movies. Yeah, there were... The the Sharon Carter plotline tonight and the Bucky plotline I thought would have been... I thought would have gotten a little further into those. Like, I thought by the end of the movie 
you would have at least seen, you know, like Cap asking her out on a date. Because like, they yeah. they almost lead the, they almost imply that when he says you can use my washer, and she said, oh, I did mm-hmm. the. She's I like, I work with AIDS I work patients. I, I get the infectious disease. He's like, well, I'll keep my distance. And she was like, well, not too far. So you really thought, like, right there, that was going to be the start of something. But yeah, and they never lead towards and, that either. And Black Widow's pressing the whole movie. Well, what about this girl? What about this girl? And then, you know, you know that's, like, you see Sharon Carter's where they're pushing Cap's romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. And I thought we would have at least had them, like, really introduced as... Captain America, right. Agent Carter, where you know at least asking her out on a date. Yeah, and I, I also thought that would have that like Bucky would have had his memory back at some point, and there would have been a realization between the two of them that hey, we're buddies, and maybe even by the end of this movie, Bucky would be fighting with the good guys against Hydra. But that doesn't happen either. I think they're setting no. that one up for the no. third one, and that and yeah, and that's that's fine. Like I, I don't have a problem with 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 e- either right. one of those. I think you know, those are going to have to be pretty pretty big right. stories in in the third one. And I'm glad there wasn't closure with the whole Bucky thing because he, even though he saves Captain at the end, he kind of runs off because he's still he's, he has to find himself now. Now he has to remember everything that happened. Right. Um, so they didn't really tie it up into a neat little bow. Like, okay, I'm back with the group now. And, and he signed a nine-picture deal. What the fuck? Wait, Is who? he going to... Sebastian, Sebastian Stan. Stan. Did yeah. he really? Yeah. What the fuck is he going to do does, for nine films? Does, does what he did in Cap, the first Avenger, does that count against his nine-picture deal? So is he already... Did he already finish two pictures? Or did he do that one... And then they signed him on. I only heard about nine after he was brought back. Okay. For this one. Okay. But even if even if the first one does count, That's he, still has, he seven, still has seven more to do. Seven more to go. So now uh, Chris Evans did six for Cap. He signed a six picture, which is Cap, Cap two, Avengers, Avengers two, Cap three. That's five. Now. Does his cameo in Thor The Dark yeah, World, does that count as one of his picture deals? I think that stuff does count. I think like the... Like so pretty much, if you, can, yeah, if, you, if you can put Sebastian Stan in a, post, a post-credit scene in maybe Guardians or maybe in Avengers 2, you can, I can see where you're tying things up. Because Marvel's got... Marvel's got a plan laid out until like 2028. Didn't we all think that Winter Soldier was going to, by the end of this one, we kind of have an idea that he was going to be a good guy and play a prominent role? Oh, in Ian, welcome to the podcast. Avengers 2, did, did we talk about this? Yeah, well, well, uh, while you were out getting us beers, thank you. Um, I said that exact thing. By right. the time, like I, I said, I thought by the time we got to the end of this movie, that he would be fighting with Cap against the bad guys, and they, but he didn't, and that's fine. I'm, uh, I'm totally cool with that. I think it's, it'll do better for Cap and the Winter Sol- Soldier to have a whole movie dedicated to kind of his redemption. Do we think that that's what where uh, Cap Three is going to go, or do you think that you think they could possibly spin off Winter Soldier into uh, maybe even a Netflix series? 
um, like the second wave of those Netflix things that they're doing, or will it be 100% the third Captain America? Uh, I'll, I'll take this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they could actually do a full Winter Soldier spinoff movie. Seems like a very cool character, and I think that he's going to get really popular with audiences after this. I would go see that arm again. <laughs> that arm was really yeah. cool. Yeah. And um, so I want to kind of agree with Justin, kind of, on some of the good parts in Captain America 2. Uh, the, the Winter Soldier, whenever he was on screen, were the best parts. Just like how whenever the Joker was on screen in The Dark Knight, those were the best parts of that movie. Uh, he, he was just so cool as a character. He, he had the look. When he was there, he was all action and, uh, you know, very little dialogue, which can be very cool for a villain. Um, you don't think that hurt him? No. Well, it, it, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, and it worked here. A little know? dialogue? Yes. It, there will be, obviously, time for that later, but for, for who he was at the time mm-hmm. and, and how he was just an instrument of death yeah. in this, it worked. And... The uh, the best sequence in the movie, to me, was the first tussle between Cap and Winter Soldier uh, under the freeway in the street. And that was just badass. And you were scared of him because, like, the way that he was working with Hydra and he was casually walking to the, to the side of the freeway and he just, like, puts his hand out to grab, like, the next... M16 or whatever the, the, the newfangled guns they use these days are. When he when, when you see when you finally get the Winter Soldier on screen the Cap Cap used his shield so much before that ricocheting off things and having it boomerang back to him and then he throws it at, at the Winter Soldier and he just want, he just catches it and throws it right back and shoots Cap back about 15 feet. That's when that's when you kind of realize that alright this is a good threat. Like he's, he's, a, he's a formidable foe. Did anybody else get the... Uh, it, it seemed very, very similar. The first time you do see Winter Soldier on the screen, he's walking down a street. He shoots something at a larger vehicle that flips it you know, end over end at him. That seemed very Dark Knight, Joker-like to me. It was in day, broad daylight. It was a little bit different circumstances, but it seemed... A little similar to me. I've been saying Marvel's been biting off DC for years. <laughs> what? I don't even know what you're talking about. On the Nick freeway, he's getting away, and he's like, "Oh no, man. no, I know." In Cap, what, what were we talking in Dark Knight? Uh, with when, the semi-trailer. Whenever Joker has the showdown, like with the and then and the then Batman's one. coming, like the trailer flips over and everything, and Joker's on the street. Wait, and you, then you guys are talking two separate things. No, we're on the same. No, you're in the same scene, but you're talking about when Batman is on his motorcycle, about to play chicken with Joker, and he. I don't know exactly what the hell Batman did there, but he, like, lost control of his bike. He, like, spun out, right? Ian, you're talking about when Joker's driving the rig before he gets out. Yeah, and it gets jackknifed. That's... No. No, you didn't see it? Okay. Maybe that's just me trying to draw parallels. Mm -hmm. I think whenever Cap finally calls out, when when he sees the Winter Soldier, and he takes off the face, and he reveals himself to be Bucky, and he calls him Bucky... And then whenever he goes back, whenever Bucky's back in Hydra, 
and he's getting reprogrammed, and they're fixing his arm, and he's like, who's that one guy? Who's the guy that I fought? Like, Yo, you, you had the mission with him earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. And then he, fi- he starts finally questioning. You see mm-hmm. that little bit of humanity in him right there. Who is this guy? What's going on here? And then they go and brainwash him again. They put in that little, like, they, the mind things come in yeah, and start brainwashing him. Yeah. That's when you really, like, that's when I started feeling for, like, the character. I wish it was an old-time hair, like, hairdo, <laughs> like, <laughs> helmet that you put on. <laughs> it peeled back. But he was just, like, old, yeah, fabulous. like, his hair was perfect. I just feel like they had that in Batman Forever with the Riddler yeah. or something. Yeah. His Winter Soldier's arm looked so good. I'm sure it was a combination of... You know, like a real, a real like sleeve mm. that they put on them, yeah. plus you know digital effects. But goddamn, oh God, not digital. Did that thing look good? Yeah. yeah. It looked the way it 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 had like it looked like it had hinges and layers in it, so that it was able to move organically. Mm-hmm. It looked it. That's how Colossus should almost look when he when he powers up, because it's it's well. Yeah, he should, because in the X-Men movies, he looks like Silver Surfer. He just turns silver. He doesn't really have... Paul's responding to Matt shaking his yeah, head. Back. He doesn't really have <laughs> the, the silver him. bands in him. Yeah, and I'm not saying it needs to look exactly like the Winter Soldier arm. but that His arm looked like it, arm. it was breathing, like it was moving, like right. there was yeah. a reason for it. It looked like it came right out of that fucking book. It looked so Yeah, because cool. even when they were fixing his arm, it looked like they took out a couple of the sections... Mm-hmm. To get into well, they even added sound effects to really sell it. You know, like you and really that, yeah. Stuff. Every time he grabbed something or slammed Captain America, it had a distinctive like gyro sound. Yeah, and sound. Shadow wasn't feeling so much. I felt no. like that was almost catering to the audience to let you know, like that arm's super strong. It's re- listen to the listen. It's robotic. Well, that, but it's that's what it would. Ma- that's the sound it would make if it was. Yeah, I don't feel like it was heavy Or is the technology in that universe so advanced that it should be being... It's not. It's Russian technology. That is true. It's, it's going always to make, it, I'm surprised you didn't have steam bursts coming out. <laughs> See, I didn't, I didn't notice the, the noise coming out of the arm whenever whenever it was in use. But at the same time... It should have been it's all, noises. It's all just sound it's effects that they put much. anyway. Too much. It's all just Hollywood sound effects they throw in anyway regardless. Because watch anyone drink a beverage and you hear the noise of drinking the last sip out of the beverage, like the bubbling, regardless of how full their or, beverage is. You or anyone following, it's that same. Ah! Yeah. Right. What's that, what's that like called? The, the Wilhelm? The Wilhelm scream. Yeah. Was anybody else... Now, this is probably just me. I know that they followed the source material pretty closely with the brainwashing of Winter Soldier... That's exactly how it happens in the comic book. I should ha- be happy about that. But I kind of wasn't. And I thought it took away from a little bit of... Uh, uh, okay. I thought I thought that it would be a more compelling final scene if he was willingly a Hydra agent and had to be... Tur- if there was a real turning that had to happen with him helping... Steve Rogers in the end instead of him just overcoming his brainwashing. If it was a real moral dilemma that Steve was going up against his friend who just had a different point of view. Mm. I know it's not exactly how... It's it's completely different than the comic books, but I think that that would have been more compelling. No. 
Matt, next topic. <laughs> Dom, is there anything you I did? thought it would be like <laughs> Luke Skywalker, <laughs> Darth Vader, if it had that kind of element to it. I know you guys like that. Yeah, I, what I, happened I to my been... best friend? You said you killed him. No, I am your best friend. I would have no, been... That's not true. That's not possible. I would have been okay if, if he was if he was brought up through all these years with Hydra, just believing Hydra's shit. Like they're really trying to do good stuff. I would have been alright with that. I just think it would have made of a it would have made a more compelling final showdown. But I, but I also like I, I, I like the idea that after all these years of being continuously brainwashed he still has the connection to his friend to pull him from mm-hmm. all, you know, just right. these... I'm with you till the end. Yeah. That's what breaks it. Like, you recognize, he called him Bucky, and then, right, you can see the sense of... Right. What do you mean, what's a, what's a Bucky? Like you, like, you saw that, and then he, he saw him question it when he's getting reprogrammed, and then at the end, when he, they do the flashback scene of Bucky saying to Cap, I'm with you till the end, and then <clears> in the <throat> final redemption scene... He's like, I'm not going to fight you. You're my, you're my friend. I'm not going to fight you. So you do what you must. I'm with you till the end. And then that's kind of what broke it. So I'm okay, I'm okay with him breaking the brainwashing by getting into the psyche and realizing that I'm your friend. And for the record, I'm fine with that. I'm just putting a question out there. I'm pondering a different avenue that storytelling could have taken. I like that they stuck with the source material. That's how the story goes. I'm fine with it. I'm just saying that there might have been a better way to do it. Didn't take away from it at all for me. Justin? I think there were, from Ian's point of view, I think uh, there's more internal conflict that way. And then they would come off the bat already knowing each other. There wouldn't have been, who the hell are you? You know, trying to rejog your memory. But... And that I don't know. In today's age, I don't. How do you? You're getting back into that gray area as far as who's the bad guy. You know, it's so it's so ambiguous and so I don't know. You you kind of lose that you know that that villainesque uh, conflict. We live in an era of grays and. We we do we yeah. live in this is the this is the Magneto era yes. of villains. Uh, there's no yeah there's no more diabolical evil anymore. There's no just destroying no mustache des- twirling. destroying something just to destroy it because that's what you want to do. No, except um, Joker. Right. Uh, no. How do you like that? He's the best villain that there is. What does that tell you? Maybe we need to have more just straight up bad guys. Mm-hmm. That's Don, not you such a bad disagree with something? No, it's going to be another question, Bob. If anywhere in the Marvel Universe does Hydra ever take over S.H.I.E.L.D. at all the way that Hydra was... Hmm. I mean, there are tons of stories about Hydra and S.H.I.E.L.D. Doesn't, I don't know. Hydra it it may have happened up. at some point, but um, nothing like... Not, nothing nothing like that this. Hydra was growing was, from within no, the range. Nothing of, like that. Does, now, what's your opinion on that? Is that... That's that, fine. That's fine for the story. It was, even it was, a, good, it was a good, uh, good twist. I don't know what they're going to do with the uh, TV show, The Agents of Shield, since it's the Agents of Hydra now. So, 
I don't know what that's gonna do, but I was fine with it. It was good. Now, does, does Bucky have his own group in the comics? Like, eventually, when he does go, good. Well, in, in the comic books, at that point, um, he was fighting with Captain America for a while, and then mm-hmm. Captain America got killed. Mm-hmm. He just took over the role as Captain America eventually, but he operated in a world with Black Widow and um, Agent 13, Falcon, so... Um, yeah, I, I mean, those are the, those, that's the team mm-hmm. that he fights with, is the team that was in that film. Does he get a haircut? No. He always does that mean? I think so. Even, when, like he, until even they, when he wears the, uh, <laughs> even when he wears the cap outfit? I think he can just roll it back into right like on. a little cap ponytail, and, you know, there's no... So, in the Winter Soldier comic book... The that you currently are borrowing and should have probably read before seeing the movie. Actually, I'm kind of glad that I didn't, because a lot of times when I do that, it tends to spoil the cinematic experience. But Like Wolverine dying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zinger! Oh, a fan of the show! You <laughs> should just slap the Days of Future Past comic book right down, right, right here on the table. So, um, in, the, in the Winter Soldier comic book, was... Hydra taking over S.H.I.E.L.D., the overarching plot line, or is that completely separate? No, it was just like a discovery that this agent existed, and there was some Cosmic Cube stuff happening Mm -hmm. with the Red Skull, and Cap kind of uncovered that all these, like, great moments in history, you know, JFK assassination, Mm -hmm. different things... These all came from one source, and he discovered that it was the Winter Soldier that was doing all that shit. So, so the Winter Soldier was kind of the the heart of that story. Like, it, not the, the heart; it was the main big picture part of the story. Yeah, because that's where I feel like this movie had a misstep, which is the overarching story was big. It was it was grandiose. It was Hydra taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. And the Winter Soldier was somewhat tertiary to that. Mm. Uh, as much as I wish that that was the main part, because it was the best part, it wasn't the main part. And I found the taking over of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be unnecessary. I wish that this was a smaller, more concise, intimate story because when things get as big as they did in Captain America 2, Steve Rogers should have gone on the phone with Iron Man and called up Thor and called up the Hulk and defeated evil. Not using, ah, we'll get this guy with the wings. You know, he looks kind of cool. He's got glasses. Is this like the Avengers Syndrome that we're affected by now? Now that yeah. we've seen... All the world's mightiest heroes come together. Yes. Now we want them to come together every movie. Well, the, the, yes. I mean... But it, they kind of do. He had help in this one. He did have help. But he had Black Widow, who's just a chick, running around with a couple pistols. Sexist! You got... I'm going to get racist now. You got, <laughs> <laughs> you got a falcon. Racist! Just fly. Get some black guy with wings. And you got a couple of agents. What I'm getting at is, I, and 
Captain America and Marvel movies aren't just guilty of this. It happens all over the place. Um, Lord of the Rings with the eagles. Why don't you just fly the eagles well, to Mordor and drop it off and game over? <laughs> mm. That's not exactly what I was going to say. Ninja Turtles. Why don't they get the, Battletoads to help them it out? It seems to me like... Because the Battletoads can't be beaten the, the if you play the game. The approach is one, always... We have to go bigger, bigger, bigger than we did before. But, like, I feel like the biggest and most grandiose things can be reserved for the Avengers. You know, when you're doing the individual movies, it's okay to have a smaller scope story that's a little more character-driven. You can get away from the whole character aspect for the the big popcorn, big action, big-time extravaganza event like you're going to get in Avengers, maybe even Guardians. Uh, For something like this... I just wish that it would have focused on the relationship of Bucky and Cap even more than it did. I, and I can I, I can see where you're coming from because mm-hmm. the infiltration of Hydra into Shield, that's a pretty big thing. That seems like something the Avengers as a team it, could take care of. It seems whereas like the it, interaction between Cap and Bucky. I disagree. Keep that that seems like a ve- this seems like the perfect thing for Captain America. The, a, a movie to be focused around. We wanted it to be no. The at Winter the, Soldier. At the very least, Hawkeye should have been in this movie. That was I odd. agree. That was odd that they didn't even mention him. If alright, Thor's off in Asgard doing some Asgard stuff, we can, you know, rationalize that away. Tony I don't uh, he should. He's, he's, he's doing something. Who knows? Why do we take a different tact with our movies than we do with our comic books? I think Every month we get comic books that have stories focusing on one or two characters. I'll take we don't one. get. Okay, tell me. I think because the movies try to push everything in a more realistic, to a more realistic level than the comic books do. Like you know, comics, comics do comic book type stuff all the time, but the movies try to make it more real world, and if you are making it more real world, then if Cap's in trouble, he's gonna be like Tony, I need fucking help. Doesn't it seem like Winter Soldier took place over maybe a A couple days? Yeah. Like, I was gonna say a week at most. He was with a couple of heroes most of that time and handling that, he was on the run most of the time by himself, much like in, in Iron Man 3, you know, he was separated from any kind yeah, of contact I, with anybody kind of makes sense that they wouldn't be able to and call I, and in I, I get it like I'm not I don't have, I don't help. have such a huge problem with with like the why isn't Tony there why isn't the Hulk there yeah. but Hawkeye should have fucking it, been there Hawkeye is fucking shield he's like mm-hmm. yeah oh no yeah guy. I totally agree mm. I I am I'm not my point isn't so much the Avengers should have been there my point is this shouldn't have been the storyline like that storyline didn't need to exist. I mean, you're trying to make, Ian, you make it sound like, well, it's the perfect thing for Captain America, the whole S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, but in my opinion, you have a storyline where the villain is basically trying to take over the entire world. That's pretty big-scale shit. I like the idea of Captain America having to deal with a particular assassin who happens to have a history with him. That's what I'm saying. I agree with that. I, I think it... Almost as false advertising that this was called the Winter Soldier. Because well, it really this. wasn't about, you know, Bucky and, it really and Steve Rogers going yeah. at it. He yeah. was just a pawn in the major scope. So I, I will agree with you. And that's that. the angle I'll come at it with is that this shouldn't have been called the Winter Soldier. It should have been Captain America, Hydra's taking over. 
because we didn't get the Winter Soldier story. Okay. Like, not really. Winter the Soldier. Hydra Menace. Yeah, the Winter Soldier is the big subtitle for this movie. Cat but two, shield you don't United. get any resolution to that. You get maybe to the middle of the Winter Soldier story, and then oh, I guess it's going to be left for Cap Three. What's going to happen? But like the real menace of this story is Hydra. Robert Redford. Yeah. A credit yeah, Alexander Pierce story. A credit to this story and how good I thought the film was is that I'm I, I'm not satisfied with waiting for Captain America and Winter Soldier to wrap their story up in two or three years or however long that's going. to... Is it 2016? Is that where it is? Two years from mm-hmm. now? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. Okay. I, I don't want that. I want it. Fucking. I want it now. I want it next year. I want to know where this goes because I thought it was a good. It was a really great movie. Yeah. And and. We didn't get enough of that uh, Winter Soldier Captain America interaction. So, no. oh, go ahead, Don. I was saying you were talking a couple weeks ago that movies don't have that Empire surprise anymore, where you where the movie ends in peril and you don't know what's going on. This is one of those movies where you see uh, the Winter Soldier take Cap out of the water and he just walks off, and then literally you just, you don't know what is going on. We know he signed a nine-picture deal. We know something's going to happen in Cap 3. But it's it's at such a point right now, I want Cap 3 already. And it's, it's it very rarely do you see that movie where the heroes are in apparel and stuff like that. And this I is, don't think that this is even close to that kind of a... Oh, oh it's, yeah, I don't think they're in apparel. I think everything's not. pretty settled right now. Yeah, nobody, but there's, there's questions. We have no idea what's going on with S.H.I.E.L.D. Nobody's so hand was cut off. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not taking it to that extreme. I know that no one's anyone's father either. But so it doesn't. Or are they? Or I think Bucky is Cap's father, isn't it? That would be amazing. His arm is his father. So talk if, about a paradox. <laughs> if Sharon Carter had to go to the basement to use the building's laundry services, How did Cap have his own in his apartment? That's sounded like he, it's yeah. That's what he referenced. Which it doesn't because they like were all on the same right. floor. So it's mm-hmm. not like he was in the penthouse. No. Yeah, where, where's Cap's laundry equipment? He he uses one of those old washing boards from the. <laughs> yeah, like it was in his sink, and she was like, "You don't want this bacteria <laughs> touching your dishes, mm. or do you?" So another one of my favorite parts, though, which we already talked about, but it has to be reiterated, was Nick Fury's scene where he gets. Uh, jumped by all those Hydra agents mm-hmm. and his car is getting the shit beat out of it and you're like how's he going to get out of this is this what they were talking about how he might actually die in this even though did anybody here really think he would fucking die for a like, second I kind of no. even when I, I was he in, died I was like oh, no. really uh, I thought they would come back and go revert back to a white Nick Fury at the end <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I didn't think for a second he was dead. But even so, you're like, I didn't know how they were. Gonna I didn't know how they were going to tie it in. When he blocked, when he was looking through the files, and he, and it, his um, security level is blocked by him. I was like, uh oh, time travel, White Nick Fury. What's going on? <laughs> but I loved shit. it when he. David Hasselhoff. Yeah, when he I was, yeah, yeah, I would have loved that. <laughs> when he finally gets out his minigun and just starts blowing everybody away. I thought that part was so good. And you finally... Because have we ever seen Nick Fury actually do... He was kind of a bitch in The Avengers, wasn't he? Well, he kind of was. I'm sorry. He wasn't as badass as a super soldier 
Iron Man. But, I mean, like, the he was Hulk, pretty badass. Well, God. Yeah, okay, but I see Black Widow. He paled Widow, in comparison to all that shit. Black Widow, normal chick, but she's doing pretty impressive shit. That's I sweet. would hope that Nick Fury could do some of the same stuff. Or same stuff as Hawkeye, right? Different skill sets. Okay, but anyway, he finally, like, proved his worth, I felt. I'm glad that he didn't. I'm glad there was no, you know, do ex machina to get him out of that situation. Like, the. He tries to, I guess, hover out of there because the mm-hmm. SUV he's in naturally mm-hmm. has hover capabilities. But that's broken. They didn't have the, the budget for that effect. Right. So, like, he had to get out of. I mean, he was fucking stuck. I'm like, there's no way that they're not killing this guy. And he had to get out of there with fairly realistic, mm-hmm. you know, ways to think himself if out. If you have a Gatling gun in kill. your Equinox, yes. <laughs> well, besides that. But it, nothing seemed like... I didn't have to suspend any disbelief. They set up, like, the science and the setting and everything in that scene, in that world, was absolutely realistic. It wasn't like he just said, well, fuck this, and drove up over the car in front of him. Yeah, this was one of the more realistic superhero flicks that I've seen in these uh, when new he is, versions of When uh, he is pushing that, the police car forward, only his back wheels are spinning. Like, if aren't you going to kick it into four-wheel drive at that point <laughs> to get out of there? You would think. What a ridiculous movie. <laughs> <laughs> it really felt more uh, Mission Impossible-y so, Jack Reacher So we talked at length about the trailer uh, I think especially the second trailer Here on the show before um, was, this, was this movie faithful to that trailer? Do we feel? Or do we think that it painted a Inaccurate picture? Justin? Man, we keep going to the uh, new guy first. No. Just throw no. it over. Jesus. All the hard questions. Well, you brought up some good points as far as the Winter Soldier not getting enough screen time. Uh, almost giving him an origin story. Uh, so, in a sense, yeah, I think the previews were a little, little, little false in that aspect. Um, I would have... Uh, I would have enjoyed to see more, you know, of his upbringing in Hydra or even just, you know. Yeah, I thought they kind of glazed over. They what really happened did. Did he did we see him lose his arm in Cap 1? He just falls off yeah, we just, the train. Yeah, yeah, we just assume he falls of the off fall. the train and, and just assume. And then you dead. see you see him you see the trail of blood and him crawling. And his arm is missing, missing there. Right. In the, yeah. So that's got to be something so that happens. in the fall? Yeah. Gravity was a little strong on that one little mm-hmm. wing of his. Yeah. So, Paul, do you have an answer to that? Do you have an opinion? I think it was fine. I don't think it misled me anyway. I think the title of the movie was more mm. misleading than, than the trailer. Mm-hmm. But I, got, I, I expected... Uh, Mission Impossible style, mm-hmm. you know, kind of government intrigue action mm-hmm. going into this, and that's what that's what we got. It was very big scale. Yeah, three helicarriers, mm-hmm. all going down. Avengers only had one. Yeah. Shit, that means Age of Ultron is gonna have six. Ugh. 
I still Guardians felt of like the Galaxy is gonna have seven. And maybe, maybe some other Avengers Avengers will show up. I still felt like it was within the realm of Captain America and friends helping out and, and defeating. That's us. really what the title should have been. Captain, Captain America, America and, and friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what's the next one then? Guardians in uh, in late late August. Is that right? That's the next one. Uh, Marvel, Marvel Studio. Marvel Studio. Marvel Studio wise, yeah. Oh, yeah. For that, of course, be remiss and the amazing the Spider-Man amazing Spider-Man to the neighbors. And then after that, directly after that, Godzilla. X-Men. <laughs> Starting to get worried yet, Ian? A little bit. As you know, faithful listeners of the Exhaust Podcast, me and wise Matthew here have a bet about in the third week of Spider-Man's 2's uh, reign of domination at the box office. A little indie flick named uh, Godzilla, I believe, is set to debut. And if it happens to topple Spider-Man, then I will be out $100. But that's not actually the bet. The bet is Godzilla needs to be number one at the box office. Oh, yeah, yeah, that isn't the bet. It does it, So Godzilla can be number nine, and Spider-Man can be number ten, and Neighbors can be number one, and... What's funny is you feel like Godzilla might or might not topple Spider-Man, but it's actually Neighbors that's going to do it in week two. Oh, God, will I be salty? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm more worried that Godzilla might not beat Neighbors than it would Spider-Man. Yeah, Yeah, because technically Matt could have won the bet by having Godzilla beat out X-Men, or Spider-Man, but Neighbors actually gets the number one spot. But we're starting to see some some promotional things for Godzilla. We, we saw a TV commercial tonight at dinner, and we also saw there's a tie-in at, at everyone's favorite, Red Robin. Mm. There is? Yeah, there was, like, yeah, gift, there was gift a cards gift card, Godzilla gift cards. Uh, and there, they had like a sign there. And even I, at the movie theater that we went to, if you got the Godzilla-sized popcorn, oh, you would get right. a Godzilla... Beverage. Be- beverage, you, yeah. And I, I took the the gift card at Red Robin, and I walked up to Sharpley, and I said, "So when I win, you can just load this with a hundred dollars and give it to me." I smacked it out of Matt's hand. <laughs> <laughs> now, tr- now speaking of trailers, with this going into being the first Marvel movie of the season, trailers is the what first, we do, com- by the way, the first comic book movie of the season, arguably the first blockbuster of the season. Were any of you disappointed in the trailers we saw for this movie? for this movie before like before we saw Captain oh, America? Oh, oh, like the, the the trailers we saw in the previews. Yeah, the Adam Sandler movie looks like a piece of shit. Looks amazing. Like I, I would figure we would see probably Spider Man. I, I was guessing we'd see Spider Man. We would see uh, Turtles, obviously. I was thinking we'd see X Men. I was thinking more action. Superhero kind of engulf the whole. You were thinking. Hey, I was thinking Marvel's just going to say, "Hey, look at all of our movies right. we're going to put out right. this year. Come here, come here, come here." 
And I didn't. I I was so kind Marvel's of disappointed. Marvel's not in charge of that. Right. It's the studios that are in charge yeah. of that. So you're thinking, stuff. despite the studios, you were thinking, let's go with all the same genre, like all just all yeah. comic book movies, or yeah, at least more action based. Because I, I wasn't really expecting a trailer for an Adam Sandler movie, yeah. but for Captain America. But the audience that watched Captain America with us was fucking dying. So they loved that shit. They clearly targeted that that to the audience. I could just picture Paul like, oh my god, Adam Sandler does it again. Uh, He's so funny. Win after win after win. That's all that guy does is win. Little Nicky. I never saw Little Nicky. But I, I don't like the Adam Sandler movies that everyone does like. Yeah, you don't like... Um, I, I Billy Madison, Happy Billy Gilmore, Madison. all the classics. Do you like the Water Boy? No. You're a big punch drunk Bobby love guy. Boucher. I never saw Punch Drunk Love. I, love I like the, the Wedding Singer. That may the have been the last good. good one, and that was the mo the more and crossover. I like happy one people. That's supposed to be really depressing, which is right up your alley. That's good. Is that where he's like a failed comedian or he's trying to get back into comedy or something like that? Or Seth Rogen? He that? has. Yeah, yeah. Like, he, I, he has cancer and Seth, Roger's take, Seth Rogen's kind of taking care of him, but then he gets over it. I corrected myself. I know. No, it's not. easy. I look like Sharply. <laughs> I just throw it out there. <clears throat> it's funny when you. I'm the common man. I don't. Like, like, like children. Children. <laughs> I, I think Godzilla would have done well for itself. Maybe getting a trailer before this movie. I think they would have done one well for itself. Uh, putting out something during March Madness. That's their target audience, I would think. That, that male yeah, demographic. Yeah, it just been a little early for it. Just a little bit. That's why we're starting to see this stuff now. It wasn't too early for Spider-Man. I know it's only a couple weeks different. Two weeks, weeks ahead of it. I understand that, but still... But still, that's the demographic that you're going with. I understand who the demographic is, but you, I don't know if you want to oversaturate before it's going to come out. I think, truthfully, a month and a half feels a little too early. I feel like a month, you know? Just my opinion. It's fine. I disagree, but... But it, it doesn't matter. We're still going to be number one. So, Dom, you almost you walked out say. after the trailers because... Nothing really spoke to you. No, there was no way I was giving up that seat. It was such a prime seat. I was going to yeah, stick that one out. You're damn fucking right it was. <laughs> um, I think part of the problem is we are always kind of like exposing ourselves to these trailers online before they actually are in theaters or before we have the opportunity to see it in theaters. So, like, by the time you do see it in theaters, it's like, all right, I've seen this next. But isn't that the way that everybody handles it nowadays? But everybody that, goes. Kind of. Seeing that Ninja Trailers Turtle on the big screen tonight. Ninja Trailers <laughs> Turtle. What? Okay. <laughs> Fuck both of you. I, I, don't, I don't say Ninja Trailer Turtles. <laughs> Is that what I just said? That's what you just said. <laughs> Did I? One hundred percent. Your brain had a hiccup. That's okay. <laughs> Seeing that ninja trailer, trailer turtles. <laughs> We're gonna play that back after. I don't think I really said that. Yes, you do. <laughs> we have a couple of witnesses here. We're document. No, we'll go back. We'll, no, we know where we're at. We'll go back. But anyway, you were trying to say. Who cares? At this point. 
Seeing the Ninja Turtles trailer, that's more like it, was a lot more eye-opening on the big screen because I feel like I really got to see the turtles this time. Yeah. You saw their, mm-hmm. their lips and all their smoochy smooch glory. Right. And were the, they smoocherific to you? Were even, they, like, they were green and smoochy. Even yeah. blowing up the trailer on my laptop, I feel like... you know, That wasn't as big as a movie screen? I feel like the scene where... Clearly, Raphael slams into the side of that Hummer. It's like, okay, this is just a... T- this, it, I guess that's a turtle hitting this Hummer. But in the theater tonight, I was like, fuck, that is 100% Raphael. Look at that detail. And yep, it looked way did better. Did you guys see Donatello better. in this trailer? I, I, did, I couldn't one pick him out. Slingshot. Oh, okay. slingshot. Yeah. And he looked kind of thin, didn't he? That I couldn't tell. The turtles look like they weigh... 800 pounds. Yeah. If they can break brick like yeah. that by just landing on it, yeah. they're not yeah. stealthy. Are we excited about Echo? The ultimate E.T.? Ooh, that looks no. like shit. Which one was that? The E.T. The 2014. Oh, yeah, that looked bad. Oh, what? what? Like, the movie would be bad no matter what, but why are they making it found footage style with kids. I feel like you got to be a pretty good actor to pull off found footage because you got to make it... Yeah, and we all know Matt hates child actors. I just hate the children. (laughs) (laughs) It started out a group of kids. I thought it was like it was an updated version of the Goonies and then they're on bikes and then it's like aliens. I thought it was going E.T. Yeah, it's E.T. Well, it's uh, short circuit. Ah! And then the one kid's like, give the black kid the helmet for faggots. <laughs> and they're like, ah, oh, it's like everything in my life. Go watch the trailer, listeners. You'll know what I'm talking about. So besides besides bummer trailers, are we happy overall with our Winter Soldier experience? Yes. Oh, yeah. Matt? Yes. No, I wouldn't say that. Of course he isn't. Not happy. So, so lead, uh, lead us off and uh, lead us. Off. What the fuck? <laughs> and Sorry, I'm let's just start over. That one. And I'm let's the one who can't speak. Is that, that it? Episode Is that it? Lead us off in our in our wrap up of Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Why don't I cap it? I'm eating a <laughs> Twizzler. Okay. Sharply, why don't you start? While the title was misleading. I was still very impressed with the way that Captain America and Friends, as I will now call it, <laughs> was handled. I, I really liked every. I, I liked everything they did in that movie. I thought it was really, really a well thought out movie. Sure, I wish that Winter Soldier would have been in the movie a little bit more. I didn't mind that it was a really large and broad plot to undermine S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought that was fine. It was, it was okay. Um, I would give it, if we're going to start doing numbers, I'll give it an 8 out of 10. I liked it a lot. But, <clears throat> Matt, are you ready? Justin, go ahead. Uh, Score-wise, I'll start off with that. I, I, I'd probably give it an 8 as well. Um, it's 
by far one of the most uh, serious Marvel movies um, that's probably been out. Uh, and it's it's really kind of set the bar for what could be done as far as mediating the, the comedy and um, creating a more dramatic atmosphere. I agree. So yeah, uh, it was a, it was a great movie. I enjoyed it. Matt, Paul, do you think it was a great movie? I do think it was a great movie. I would but also I... give it a snowman. Oh, is that right? Just mm-hmm. a two tier snowman. Two tier snowman. I like. Is it that better what we're than calling it from now on? The snowman. I liked it better than Thor: The Dark World. Um. Yeah, it was it was good. It gave me some emotional punch that I don't think I've gotten from my last couple Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 final scene between Cap and Cap and Bucky and then you know Cap's like I'm your friend and Bucky's like you're my mission and then he beats the fuck, fuck out of his him. face. I was like, wow, do you think somebody needs to call this fight? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the damn town? <laughs> <laughs> That was yeah, a that was, reference. He dies. He dies. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean that wasn't a deep cut. We all, we all got it. It was Thank good. God. It was good. Had some, Thank God. Fuck you. You're always cutting <laughs> deep. Had some emotional resonance. You know, all the actors did a great job. Uh, no, no banana peels and cream pies. Maybe one from Robert Redford. But yeah, Snowman. Dominic. Dominic. Uh, I will give it a snowman and a half. We don't do we don't half do points. points. Come on, you listen to this. How can he give Thor nine and a half? He I didn't. didn't. I gave him a he full nine. And, I, and, I, and I've never <laughs> lived it down. I'll never give anything a nine at this point. <laughs> you don't get half point? You don't no, get points? I was like, my no, wedding video? Way too complicated if we did. All right, fine. I'll settle with an eight then. Cause I'm there. I'm not touching say the sacred nine. nine. Say nine. Say nine. <laughs> I need them to get off my back. No, you can't touch the nine, man. I mean, nine's gonna be pretty. Whatever. Pretty I can't wait till fucking Star Wars comes out when this dick nuts gives it fucking ten out of ten. <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eleven. <laughs> <laughs> but this one goes to eleven. Spinal Tap. I know. Nice top cut. Oh. That wasn't very deep. wasn't deep at all. Matt, you want to give us a number? Well, I'd like to just reiterate my opinion before I give you a number. Because you might disregard what I say once I give it a a digit. Uh, So, I think it was a fairly major miss to make the plot what they did make it. You know, like, it... It probably shouldn't have been about what it was about, and the Winter Soldier should have been the focus, and I think that the story should have been smaller and much more intimate. Uh, We keep getting big, big, big in all these Marvel movies, and I feel like they're just not as effective, for me, when they do that. Um, It's so much less about the characters and so much more about plot. And if you listen to the show and the way I talk about the comic books that I like, I like it when it's about the characters and not the plot. So, I mean, obviously that's a big generalization, but I think that it applies to movies and comics. Another issue that I have with this movie, which we didn't touch on, I think the soundtrack sucked. Uh, Well, 
That's a harsh term. Is it because the only real soundtrack they had was the Marvin Gaye song? Hmm. No, it's because the overall theme, once again, was completely lackluster and forgettable. And it had that, like, that tension-building, like, like, bullshit throughout a whole bunch of times. Like, you might see on, like, like primetime TV shows, like... um, CSI or something like that where it's almost mm-hmm. tones to try to create an atmosphere um, and Captain America 2 is not special in this way like a lot of movies do it and a big reason for it is the way they edit movies now where they edit up until like weeks before production that doesn't lead any time for a composer to come in and really tailor the music to the movie which I fucking hate um, but I did love the Winter Soldier parts, although I thought that the finale with the Winter Soldier was kind of weak, and maybe that was because of how good it was the first time that they met. But um, I I wasn't all that blown away by it, so it's getting a six for me. Wow. Is anyone else surprised by that? I'm surprised by it because I thought I was going to think, like, I thought either, what, this or Guardians were going to be the best comic book movies of the summer, and I will say now, I expect this to be my least favorite of all the comic book movies this summer. Really? Hmm. I expect Spider-Man to be better, I expect X-Men to be better, and Guardians. I thought this set the bar pretty high. I really enjoyed it. I'm myself. glad that you guys liked it. I just, I, I mean. I understand why you didn't. I, like I, I know what you wanted, and it wasn't what you wanted. A six is better than middle, which is five, right? It's mm, not like I'm giving yeah. it a, it's not like a paper grade. It's a six out of ten. And I lean toward liking it, but, and there were certainly parts, but as a whole, I just, it, it didn't do what I wanted it to do. And you mentioned that you felt like you were falling asleep and, you know, in the slower moments. I thought those were extremely interesting. I, I didn't really literally mean that. I just meant that, like, when this movie was at its best, when the shit was just balls to the wall, when that, particularly the Winter Soldier parts, you, I was, like, on the edge of my seat, literally, right? You were, but that was because somebody was coughing on the back of your neck. It was, like, pushing me forward. Um, You know, there was a sequence where my head was on the back of the headrest, and she stood up, she put her hands on the chair, and, like, actually, like, like pinched my hair to the back of the seat. I was like, way too close, lady. And she kept it there. She didn't, oh, sorry. It's like my head was pinned back there for a minute. It's like, okay, when's she going to let go? Anyway, uh, what? What were we saying? Oh, that was all your build-up. You said something. I forget what we were talking about. I lost. said you were falling asleep. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't falling asleep. I just Well, I mean, yeah, I, slower, I don't think you were there, literally. There were a number of, I felt, slower parts, which weren't necessarily like these incredibly introspective, emotional beats that were completely necessary. I do feel like the pacing was off. I thought that this was... More so than Thor 2 or Iron Man 3, this was the first movie that was like a Marvel movie where you got, you know, the whole scope of the 
expanded universe. And sure, it was about Captain America, but you were pulling in all these other parts of the Marvel Universe. I think we're going to expect this from other Marvel movies in the future from Marvel Studios. Guardians not included because it's in a completely all-new cast of characters. Did but but if you're gonna if we're gonna do more Avenger style movies, or even Ant Man might even do something like this, where they pull from different parts of this shared universe. You think that it did that more? I'm sorry, you said more than Avengers? Uh, well, equal equal to Avengers, it was in the same vein, but more so than Iron Man three and Thor two. It was yes. this felt like okay, we're just living in this new. Yeah. Marvel Universe, and this just happens to be the new Marvel Studios movie. I would, it happens to be Captain America, but it could have been anybody, and we could, yeah. you know, put any of these characters in here. I almost agree with you. I think that Avengers definitely is the most all-encompassing, all-inclusive. Yeah. But after that, certainly this one. Mm-hmm. And I will also say this. I liked Captain America 1 quite a bit better. It... Went along with your more retro sensibilities, don't you think? Yeah, well, I, I think that it felt more character-driven. You know, it was about Steve Rogers and... Um, Did we not feel like this was about Steve Rogers as well, though? Not, no, not to no? the degree that okay. the first one was, no. No, I think this movie was clearly about Hydra taking over S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, the other one's a, also an origin story, so it is going to be 100% focused And on that it. was a really I still thought good he was origin story, too. central part of this. It, it, what I liked about it, it's so unique to that character that, like, none, no other superhero movie could try to be that. You know, this is a very special thing where it's not just a guy getting bit by a spider and getting powers. It's It's a much broader, time-sensitive storyline that was done so well. So I think that sets a high bar. I think um, X-Men is the only movie, a comic movie this year that has a chance of being better than this one. Mm-hmm. You don't think that... Um, Spider-Man or Guardians will be better than this? That Guardians know? with a, the complete wild card aspect of it could possibly come out of essentially nowhere and surprise the shit out of all of us and be everything yeah, it, that we didn't could. know a comic Sp- movie could be. Spider-Man could be a lot better than I expect, too. But right now, after seeing this, I think I'll fall X-Men, Cap, then Spider-Man and Guardians can duke it out for that for third spot. Yeah. I, th- I, I think Guardians, while I'm not counting on this, Guardians has the ability... To do something that we never saw coming. That's what I thought, too. I guess we'll see. Special thanks to Dominic Yossi. Thank you. And Justin Carr. Thank you. For joining us tonight. Going to see Cap. Getting some dinner. Having some shots. Talking some comic book movie. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Cassell. And we'll talk to you next time.
whole thing. Which part? Balls deep.